Hey, what is going on, my beautiful friend? Welcome back to Dear Heart and the Brain podcast. This podcast is where I talk to you about fitness and nutrition, peak performance, and a wide range of topics about what we already know in human psychology. In today's Thursday episode, I wanted to talk to you more about the promiscuous relationship that your brain has with your gut. Right? As, pi- as primal beings, me and you, we often talk about this gut feeling when we're meeting someone for the first time. Maybe this is a future employer, a future boyfriend, husband, girlfriend, wife, or even a business partner. We're told to trust our gut instincts when we're facing a really stressful situation that tests our nerves and determination. And I'm here to tell you that this mind-gut connection is not just so metaphorical. Our brain and gut are connected by an extensive, extensive network of nerve cells that create a fast-track highway called the brain-gut axis or gut-brain axis. And this comprises of chemicals and hormones that constantly go through this highway and provide us feedback for how hungry we are, whether or not we're experiencing stress, or we've ingested something that's not so clean that may have had a disease-causing microbe. That sinking feeling in the pit of your stomach after looking at a month's worth of holiday expenses is a vivid example of that gut-brain connection at work. You're You're stressed out by it, and your gut knows it. So, I was first introduced to this concept in my first neurobiology class at USC. For my USC neuro buddies out here, this was Professor... Lyman's module talking about the enteric nervous system, aka the ENS in BIS 421. This ENS is often referred to our body's second brain, and according to Dr. Mayer from UCLA Jeffen School of Medicine, there are around 200 to 600 million neurons in the gut, and that is equal in number to the neurons in our spinal cord that are able to regulate basic gut functions. The ENS is so extensive that it can literally operate as an independent entity on its own without CNS input to manage the inner workings of our inner tube. And your brain is in communication with the gut via the sympathetic and parasympathetic branches through heart rate, breathing, digestion, during fight or flight, right? When you think of fight or flight, you can think of the sympathetic nervous system. When you think of just relaxing, you can think of the parasympathetic nervous system and those two subtypes of the nervous system have altered rates of heart rate of breathing of digestion as i just mentioned the hp axis is also another way for your brain to have a dialogue with the gut to control digestion through the action of human hormones right for example the rate at which we inhale a very yummy food and how much mucus lining the gut is controlled by the cns has a direct impact on the environmental conditions of the gut microbiota. Think of your gut like an ecosystem where there's an environment within the gut that dictates which inhabitants will thrive, which is our good bacteria, right? If there's one thing that I'll like you to take away from this episode to ensure that you know that our gut is so important, I want you to know that it's the serotonin regulated in your gut that plays a huge role in a lot of psychiatric and psychological conditions, right? Serotonin, as you probably know, is this neurotransmitter that regulates the feelings of happiness. And some of the most prescribed drugs in the United States used to treat anxiety and depression, like Prozac or Paxil, work by modulating the levels of serotonin. And according to researchers at Caltech and at UCLA, 
It is estimated that 90% of our body serotonin is made in the gut, right? And when mice were given the antidepressant Prozac, those biologists saw that it really reduced the transport of serotonin, that the basically the happy neurotransmitter, into their cell. And there is this specific mixture, right? This specific mixture of bacteria that consists of something called Turicobacter senugans and Clostostrida. So let's call them TNC. That's like the specific mixture of bacteria that plays a really important role to signal our gut cells to increase serotonin production. And when the mice were raised without these these TNC bacteria, more than 50% of their gut serotonin was missing. And when the mixture of mainly TNC were actually added in again, their serotonin levels were increased back to normal. You may have seen a it's these two terms called wild type and knockout when it comes to these type of biological studies. Um, just a really cool fun fact, right? A wild type is basically things we absorb at a normal condition. A knockout is if we take away a gene um, or take away some certain factor that plays an integral role in having a normal outcome, right? And neuroscientist Mr. Simon Spiak from the University College Cork at Canada posted a really insightful blog post about how antidepressant drugs suppress some important gut bacteria and how it may be causing some unpleasant side effects such as nausea, vomiting, and diarrhea as a result. And it was researched that some antibiotics also may have antidepressant effects. And there is a lot of research still being done to provide more effective therapeutics with fewer side effects or even lower doses for American pharmaceuticals. This topic about whether or not the gut microbiome can be the key to new antidepressant therapies is an incredibly new sector of neurobiology and psychiatry and it was only in the very recent years that it was discovered that the gut-brain axis may actually shape a variety of psychiatric disorders such as major depressive disorder, anxiety, and schizophrenia. So there's a lot of potential out here to change the, the trajectory and the narrative of American pharmaceuticals and kind of really shape the way mental illness is perceived in American medicine. And while there's already some evidence that the microbiome can directly influence the brain, that may provide some symptoms of depression. Further research in the next defi- in the next decade is definitely expected to deduce whether its precise role actually plays a major contributing factor. Anyway, that's all I have for you in our what is the promiscuous relationship between our gut feelings and our brain podcast episode if you received some golden nugget from this episode dm me on instagram at push of just let you learn and i'll be happy to share it and we can grow together stay tuned for the next few episodes of this amazing podcast that gets released every thursday and sunday of the week but other than that i'm gonna leave you with the same message that i leave you in every single one of my dear heart and the brain episodes Keep that brain sharp, keep that heart healthy, and go dominate.